Okay, Bruchim Abayim. Welcome everyone. Shalom Aleichem. Hope uh, everyone is doing well. Uh, last week we had uh, off because of Taina Sester. And I believe uh, next week will be our final uh, session before we begin uh, Chodesh Nisan, before uh, Pesach. So we'll definitely be getting together next week. And we'll see uh, beyond that in terms of scheduling for uh, Pesach. But today we do perhaps the most important of all the Malachas. And truth be told, this is the Malacha that we started with because of its relevance. And we said we would revisit it when we get up to it in the uh, order. And in fact, we are going to be revisiting it today. Um, and that is the Malacha, which in the Mishnah Masech the Shabbos is called Oifah. Baking, which commonly we uh, understand as Bishel, cooking. This is the 11th Malacha, and is the final Malacha in what is called Sidura de Pas, the order of bread. So we already did planting, plowing, reaping, bundling, threshing, winnowing, selecting, grinding, sifting, kneading, and now we're ready for some challah. I'm sure you're very excited to greet the challah, Maybe you'll even sing the Likras Chala. No, but don't confuse the Chala and the Kala. But this is the final Malacha of uh, Sidura de Pas. And the Mishnaburah writes in the Hakdama of Hilchah Shabbos that Hilchah Shabbos presents a very big hurdle for those who are not initiated in the Halachos. But specifically, the Mishnaburah says that if one is not aware of of Hilchos Bishol, Shehiya, Hatmana, all the various details that it comes, uh, that is involved in cooking, one can stumble in these very important halachas. Now, so you'll say, okay, I'll eat, uh, cold food on Shabbos. I'll have salami, and I'll have bread, and I'll even put a pickle on it, and, uh, why do I have to worry about Bishol? The answer is, it is important to have hot food on Shabbos. The Balamar in the beginning of Parakira says, it is a takana of our chachamim to enjoy the Shabbos b'chamin. Chamin is cholent. Hot food that's, that you're eating on Shabbos that was warmed up before Shabbos. In fact, the, the Balamor writes, anyone who does not eat hot food on Shabbos, you need to check into their lineage. If uh, maybe he's a min. So I'm not here to scare you. And I'm not here to uh, give you uh, culinary advice. But it is ancient Jewish practice to have hot food on Shabbos, and therefore if you're going to have hot food on Shabbos, then one can likely come to a situation where somebody is going to be violating the halachos. Now, first thing we need to know is where was Bishol done in the Mishkan? The Ureim says the Av Malach is Oife, baking. However, as we're going to see, um, there's a reason why the Mishnah Masech the Shabbos refers to it as baking and not cooking, as we're going to see in the Gemara, the Gemara says it's because Sidura de Pas Nakat. That is the Gemara in Shabbos, Ayin Dalid Ahmed Beis, that the reason why it's referred to as baking is because it's being listed in the order of the production of bread. Now, where was baking or cooking used in the Mishkan? So we mentioned, miraculously, herbs grew in the desert. They ground it into powder. They mixed it, so that's, uh, they, they planted, they plowed, they reaped the herbs, they um, ground it into pow- a powder, that's toichen, they mixed it with water, that's lush, they made it into a paste, 
and then they cooked the paste. So you may wonder, how did herbs grow in the desert? As we said many times, Taisus and Chulen, Peches and Beis says that when the Jews were in the desert, the desert uh, flourished, it uh, became fertile. In fact, Yerachayim HaKadosh in Vayikra, Tesvav Lamed Beis, writes that the Be'era Shel Miriam was a traveling, uh, watering uh, source of fertilization for what, grew, what needed to grow in the Midbar. Now, what, let's go through what is the Av what are the Toldos, and what are the Drabanans. The Ramam says in Hilcha Shabbos, Parktes, Halacha Aleph, one who cooks or bakes the amount of a dried fig is chayiv. Whether you bake bread, or you cook food, or spices, or you heat up water, now bear that in mind. If, if somebody merely heats up water on Shabbos, that is Bishel Da'iraisa. You'll ask, why would that be Bishel Da'iraisa? You're not changing the water. The water can, could be drunk perfectly well while it was cold. But as we're going to see, because heating up water improves the water, you know, in my, um, I don't know, maybe in my old age over here, I started enjoying hot water. I like to drink hot water. When I was a kid, I wouldn't go near it. Now I like hot water. You know, well, coffee is not always good. You know, you don't always want caffeine. You don't want sugar. But hot water is geschmack. I love, you know, the simple pleasures in life. Cold water is not the same. It has a different flavor. It has a different taste. Okay. Then, so that's using fire directly. If you place an egg, the Ramam says, near an urn. So now, the source of heat is not fire, but the source of heat is something that was warmed up by fire. That is a tolda da'ar, and that is an av melacha, just like using the fire itself. Because someone who is mevashel with a product of the fire is exactly like uh, one who uses the fire. Now, what are the toldas? Now, uh, if I could uh, remind you, let's see who is paying attention. You're going to have to remember from about three months ago. Which simon in Shulchan Aruch is Hilchais Bishal? Remember our mnemonic? Naritzcha, Vinakdishcha, Kisoid, Siach, Siach is Shin Yudches. What's in Simon Shin Yudches? Sarfei Kodesh, the holy fire. What's the holy fire? Hilchos Bishal. So Hilchos Bishal is in Siach, Shin Yudches. Okay. Now the Ramam says, what are the toldois of uh, Bishal? One who melts metal, even a little bit. One who heats metal until it becomes red hot. That is a tolda of Mavashal. One who melts wax. One who melts fat. One who melts tar, sulfur, pitch. These are all derivatives of cooking. Some Okay, now, so you'll say, well, maybe cooking is only if you take a hard substance and you soften it. No, says the Ramam. If you cook or bake earthenware kalem until it becomes cheres. So in other words, you take mud and, it beca- and you turn it into pottery. That's also mavasha. Mavasha is not only softening something that's hard, it's also hardening something that's soft. Anybody who harnesses the power of fire to transform a substance is violating bishel. And then the Yisrei Drabonon is what is called Tolda Deshemesh. Now, if you cook something in the sun, that is not considered cooking, and it's even mutter. I remember when I was a kid, my parents, uh, our family was invited to a, a, another family for Shabbos. 
So the adults got to sit indoors in the air conditioning and the, the kids were relegated to the back porch and it was a blazing hot day and they left the potato kugel on the porch and we went down, to, I don't know what, we were playing ball or something and, uh, but, you know, don't play ball on Shabbos and we were very young and we came back and the potato kugel was very well done. What happened? It was from the sun. It was from the sun. The sun could cook. Now, can you intentionally put potato kugel out in the sun? Absolutely, you're allowed to. You're allowed to cook in the sun. It's not even an Isra Durabanan. However, to heat something up on something that was heated by the sun, that is an Isra Durabanan. Sometimes you have a, a hot sidewalk or hot sand. You want to crack open an egg. Roast an egg on a hot uh, sidewalk or hot sand. So the halacha is, that is an Isra Durabanan. So you say, how could that be? How could it be that you, you cannot cook on something heated up by the sun, but you're allowed to cook directly in the sun? The answer is very simple. You're allowed to cook directly in the sun because you would never mistake and confuse the sun for fire. But something that was heated up by the sun, nobody could tell the difference between something that's heated up by the sun or something heated up by fire. So a hot sidewalk or a hot sand... There's nothing about it that indicates that it, what it was heated up by. And therefore you cannot heat up um, something that's heated by the sun. That's an Isser Durabanan. Okay, so for instance, the Gemara Psachim Adaf Mem Aleph, Amad Aleph says, someone who cooks with the Chamei Tiveria, the hot springs of Tiveria, is Pater, but it's Aser. Why, why are you Pater? Why is it not an Isser Dairaisa? It's not an Isser Dairaisa because it's not from the fire. But it's it's Aser Midrabanam because it's Tolda Deshemesh. Fine. By the way, there is an opinion that the Chamei Teveria is heated up by Gehenim. But uh, we're not gonna, we're not going with that with that opinion. We're going with the opinion that the Chamei Teveria is heated by the sun. Now comes comes the Gemara, and the Gemara says, why does everybody agree? That you're allowed to heat up straight in the sun. Says the Gemara, says Rashi, you know why everybody agrees you're allowed to heat up in the sun? It is not the usual way to cook. People don't usually cook directly in the sun. So since it's not the usual way to cook, you're allowed to cook in the sun on Shabbos. From this Rashi, we see a very important principle. Namely, if something, if the manner and the mode with which you cook is not typical, one is allowed to cook that way on Shabbos. And this brings to a very interesting discussion of whether one is allowed to use a microwave on Shabbos. Again, obviously you're going to have to get around the problem of uh, turning on an electric appliance, but let's just talk about the specific act of cooking with a microwave. Comes of Shomazam and Arbach, and he says, based on this Rashi, Shomazam is in the Mincha Shloimai Chelek Aleph Simen Yudbeis. He says you should be allowed to use a microwave on Shabbos. Why? Because if you're allowed to cook in the Chamit in the sun, because it's not a typical way to cook, then a microwave is not a typical way to cook either. Says Shomazam, typical cooking is you take a fire and the fire applies and supplies heat to the item that is being heated up. That is typical cooking. However, a microwave does not supply heat to an item. What a microwave does is it causes the, um, it creates molecular movement. 
the molecules in the food um, now have friction and they rub against each other, and that produces heat. So that's not typical cooking. Typical ho- cooking is you uh, convection um, is when you supply heat to another item. Microwave is you you cause molecular activity and there's friction in between the items and it causes the food to heat up itself. Rav Shlomo Zalman says you're allowed to use a microwave on Shabbos. If you could have a manual... Now again, it would be an Isser Durabanon. But, you know, if you had a Choyle, someone who was sick, maybe that would be... Uh, there would be instances that you could be lenient. However, Rav Moshe says no. In his opinion, a microwave is a typical way to cook. Says Rav Moshe, in his opinion... A microwave is a better way to cook. Says Ramosha, the only reason that not everyone uses a microwave is because not everybody has a microwave. If everyone would have it, they would use it. It's even a better way to cook. Why put something in an oven for two hours when you could put it in a microwave for four minutes? Says Ramosha, the only reason why um, people don't use it is because people don't have one. What would Rav Shlomo say? I would imagine Rav Shlomo would say, look, the heat of a microwave may not be as effective, as e- it may not heat things as evenly as an oven. You know, you put different things on your plate. You, pe- you put a piece of chicken, a piece of potato kugel, and, uh, I don't know, asparagus. In all likelihood, one, one, one of the items will be hot, the other one will still be ice cold. You know how it is with the microwave. It doesn't heat things evenly. So maybe Rav Shomazaman would say that's not a, a typical way to cook. Okay, but be it as it may, this principle that it has to be derech bishol is a very important principle when it comes to cooking. Now let's talk about another very important and interesting chakira. The Ramam says, if you, okay, oh, I'm sorry, one, one other item. And that is, the Gemara tells us that if you heat up something, that was already heated up. Let's say you cook something that was already cooked. Are you chayiv or are you not chayiv? The Gemara says in Shabbos, Adaf Lametes, Kol Shabbat Bechamin Melefnei Shabbos, Shor Yenoyse Bechamin Shabbos. Anything that was basically cooked before Shabbos, you're allowed to cook on Shabbos. So the Gemara is giving an opening that there are circumstances that you're allowed to cook on Shabbos, namely if the item was already cooked comes the Rajbah, and the Rajbah has a kula, and the Rajbah says, what does it mean if it was already cooked? Well, we know there's this Ganav, his name is Ben Drusoy, who, he's always on the run. Now, that used to be, he, he used to be always on the run. Nowadays, he's not on the run anymore, because in New York, they, they like to defund the police. So, Drusoy, the, he could actually cook his food 100%, and nobody's going to get him. But back in the day, when there was law and order in the world. So Drusoy would uh, always be on the run. He was afraid the cops are going to get him. So Drusoy would only cook his food a third of the way. So anything, according to the Rajbah, that's cooked, Kamacha ben Drusoy, you're allowed to stir it on Shabbos. This is a very important halacha. One may not stir food on a fire on Shabbos because stirring food that's cooking is tantamount to cooking. That's a very important halacha to be aware of. One is not allowed to stir food that's cooking on Shabbos. However, says the Rajbah, if it already cooked a third, there's no issue of stirring, because stirring is cooking. But if it already cooked one third, 
it would be permitted. However, comes the Rambam, and the Rambam says, no, you cannot stir food unless it's 100% cooked. If it's not 100% cooked, you're not allowed to stir food on Shabbos. Oh, here we go. That's the sheet of the Rambam. In order to be able to stir food, it has to be cooked 100%. Who do we paskin like? Are we lenient like the Rajba? And if the food is cooked a third, you're allowed to stir it? Or are we machmir like the Rambam? Shulchan Aruch and Simen, Shin Yud Chesif Dalet, paskins like the Rambam, that unless your food is 100% cooked, you may not stir it on Shabbos. However, the Bir Halacha expresses surprise that the Mechaber is passing like the Rambam when most Rishonim agreed to the Rajvah, namely the Rosh, the Ramban, Rabbeinu Yoyna, most Rishonim hold that if food is one-third cooked, it's not subject to being cooked anymore. Therefore, the Bir HaLacha says, even though we will certainly be concerned for the Shita of the Rambam, that food must be totally cooked to be able to stir it, or, by the way, or to be able to put it back on the fire, Nevertheless, if, for whatever reason, a food was taken off the fire, bedieved, you could put it back so long as it's a third cooked, like the shita of the Rajba. Now we come to another important halacha. And that is, Rabbi Isai, what about something that was totally cooked, that even according to the Rambam, you could stir and put back, However, it cooled off. Can something that is 100% cooked and cooled off, is it subject to be cooked again? So the rush says, that's right. If it's dry, it's not subject to be cooked again. But if it's a liquid, then you can't return it to the fire because yesh bishol achar bishol, if something cooled off. The Rajba says no. That once something is cooked, solid or liquid, even if it cooled off, it's, if it's totally cooked, you could put it back on the fire. The opinion of the Ramah is that we are lenient. That a liquid that was totally cooked, you're allowed to return, you're allowed to put back um, uh, in a place that you're allowed to return something to. However, not if it's totally cooled off. It has to be um, it has a little bit of warmth left. In other words, if you have uh, a liquid, and it's and again, you can't put something back on a blech on Shabbos regardless. We're going to come to that soon. In other words, once food is taken off a blech on Shabbos, if you let go of that food and do not re- have in mind to put it back on the blech, you can't put it back on the blech. Because the blech is directly on a fire. But let's say a hot plate... So to to uh, you're allowed to put dry food that's totally cooked on a hot plate. What about cold food? Um, what about a liquid? Liquid that's cold and totally cooked, you cannot put on a hot plate. But if it's still a little bit warm, you're allowed to put it back on the hot plate. That is the opinion of Therama. Now let's come to a very interesting uh, question. The Rambam says, anything that does not need bishul, and you cook it, you're putter. Something that's completely cooked, you cook it, you're putter. Rabbi Kiv explains 
why something that doesn't need to be cooked are you potter? Because since says since you're able to eat it raw, so the cooking does not really uh, add an important factor. You're allowed midoraisa. Uh, let's say in other words, an apple, according. According to the Rambam, anything that does not need to be cooked or anything that can be eaten raw, there's no Isr Doiraisa to cook on Shabbos. The question is, didn't we say, didn't the Rambam say that one is not allowed to heat up water on Shabbos? And water is certainly something that could be eaten raw, could be drank raw. So how do we reconcile these statements of the Rambam? The Rambam says that anything that could be eaten raw, there's no Isra Dairaisa of cooking. The Rambam says the very definition of Bishal is heating up water. Or, by the way, the Mishnah Bura says that to cook an apple on Shabbos is Bishal Dairaisa. Even though, Rabbi Sai, the apple certainly could be eaten raw. So the Shahatsion explains as follows. He says, something that doesn't really improve by cooking it, because you could eat it raw. The, uh, the, for that item, there's no bishol da'iraisa. However, if something could be eaten raw, but cooking it improves it, like cooking an apple, or heating up water. So, yes, you could have partake, partook of the water, even though it was uh, cold. But cooking it enhances the water, that would be bishol, full-fledged bishol da'iraisa. So what I would like to do now, in uh, our remaining time, is discuss one of the most common situations where it is essential to be familiar with the laws of Bishal. And that is because this is something that comes up uh, very often. So it's Friday night, it's like a half hour after the meal, and my teenage son says to me, you know, Daddy, how about some Oinig Shabbos? So what? What do you mean, Oinig Shabbos? We just finished the meal a half hour. He says, you know, Oinig Shabbos. And by now I know already. When, when Yehuda Gladstein says Oinig Shabbos, he means Cholent Friday night. That's what he wants. He wants some Cholent Friday night. Here's the problem. By us, we have Cholent on a crock pot. So Cholent on a crock pot, for the most part, is considered like a pot on the blech. You're not allowed to take food out of a pot that's cooking on a fire on Shabbos, even if it's on a blech, or out of a crock pot. In other words, you cannot stand there by the crock pot with a big spoon and scoop chulant out of the uh, pot while it's on the crock pot. I mean, that's like stirring. You can't take food out of the chulant while it's cooking on the crock pot or while it's on the fire. So you say, okay, I'll take it off. Take it off the crock pot. The problem is then you're going to have freezing cold, cold chulant tomorrow. No, the, there's only uh, one thing worse than not having cholent Shabbos morning. Having cold cholent Shabbos morning. So, you know, if you're going to take the cholent off the fire, then you're not going to have cholent the next day. So you say, no problem, I'll take the cholent off the fire for five minutes, and I'll scoop out the cholent. We'll give all the hungry boys who still, uh, they're still growing their cholent, even though the meal was a half hour before. And uh, we'll put it back. The only thing is, there's a halacha, chazara is asr. Now many people get confused. They think chazara is asr and they don't review anything they learned. No. That kind of chazara is encouraged. 
When we say chazara is also food taken off, even a blech or a crackpot on Shabbos cannot be put back. Say, why not? It's still piping hot and it might be fully cooked, so why can't you put it back? And the answer is it's mechsi kimavashal. It looks like you're cooking. The innocent bystander sees a guy. He didn't know you took it off five minutes ago. He knocked on your door. In middle, uh, he knocked on the door. All he sees is he sees a cholent on your table. And he sees you putting it on the blech or you putting it on the crockpot. He thinks you're cooking. So one is not allowed to put a pot of food back on a blech or back on a crockpot on Shabbos. However, there are four conditions that if you fulfill, you'd be allowed to give the boy his cholent and still have hot cholent tomorrow. The first thing is the fire has to be ketuma. It has to be covered. <coughs> If the fire is not covered, we're afraid you're going to stoke up the fire. So, what does that mean in the case of a, a fire? A blach, you have a metal sheet over the fire. What does it mean in terms of a crockpot? Uh, maybe uh, it means that the knob is covered. You may want to cover the knob. That's what it means, the, uh, the fire is covered. What else do you need? You need the food to be fully cooked. If the food is not fully cooked, you cannot take it off the blech or the crock pot and put it back on. <clears throat> now, it doesn't mean it's not going to be more cooked tomorrow. It just means it's fully cooked. It's it's cooked. It's reached, not machel ben drusai. It's fully cooked. Now, it doesn't mean uh, you wouldn't want it to be cooked more, but it's uh, it's it has the status of mavushal kol sarkan. What else do you need? These are the two most important ingredients. That is, when you take it off the fire, you have to have in mind to put it back on. If, let's say, you take it off and you weren't really thinking anyway, um, there might be room for leniency, but certainly it's best to have in mind to put it back on the fire. And the third, the fourth thing is, you can't let go of the chalant. That means... Uh, so you say, if I can't let go of the cholent, how am I taking the cholent? Uh, I'm going to hold the whole pot of cholent in one hand and scoop it out in the other hand? That's one option. Another option is usually taking cholent Friday night is a two-person job. So you, one guy, one, one person holds the cholent and the other person scoops it out. But you, you want to fulfill the following four conditions. The fire is covered, which in... Uh, almost every in every Jewish home, there's a blech on the fire or the the crock pot. The knob is uh, is covered. It's fully cooked. By the time uh, the meal is over Friday night, usually the cholent is good to go. Certainly, you know, uh, it's it's uh, every hour on the crock pot is hareza meshubach, no question. But it's still fully cooked already. And you had in mind you're going to put it back, and it's still in your hand. But here's the thing. There's something about cholent that I don't know what it is, that even though the bag of beans, before you put it in the pot, only weighed about a tenth of a pound, by the time it gets in the pot, the cholent pot weighs about 350 pounds. How that happened, that's one of the great miracles of the Lord, the miracle of cholent. But it's uh, sometimes very hard to hold it. So Rav Moshe has a kula, that you don't have to suspend the cholent in midair, as long as you're holding on to the handle, it would be permitted to rest it on the counter as long as it's still within the person's hand. Now, you're, 
that's a little bit dangerous because you might forget and let go of the chulin for a moment. Now, if you did forget and you let go of the chulin for a moment, but you had in mind that you're going to put it back, it would be permitted to put it back. But to, to do this in the best possible way, you want the chulin to be fully cooked. You want to have in mind you're going to put it back. You want to keep it in your hand and it, the flame needs to be covered. And if you do that, you could be Mekayim, the mitzvah, Midivrei Nevi'im of Oineg Shabbos, and Kol HaMa'aneg Shabbos, anyone who delights in the Shabbos, Nois Ninloi, Nachala, Beli, Mitzarim, Vibonsham, bequeaths to us a unlimited inheritance. May we be Zoicha, to be Ma'aneg the Shabbos, Mitoich, Sehiros, in all Hilcha Shabbos, Bechol, Diktukeha, Uprateha, Bekavnasa. Okay, thanks everyone for joining today. And uh, Bez Hashem, next week we begin the new series of Malachis. We've now completed Sidura de Pas, and uh, we continue on in the, the 12th Malacha of Shabbos. Thanks everyone for joining. Rachavat Slacha, Agun Shabbos.